Hello, it's the April DCM podcast. My name is Tom Linnae, and this month on the DCM podcast, I am joined by DCM's regional sales director, Rachel Cochran. Hi, Rachel. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thanks too. It's um, it's April, and it feels like we're locked into spring now. It's lovely and sunny outside. Yes, so I feel much better as a result. Perfect. Before we get into my chat with Rachel, I always like to give an update on the current state of Cinema Marketplace. The Batman has been in cinema for almost seven weeks and has to date delivered 3.3 million DCM emissions. When you convert that to industry emission, this equates to double-digit TVRs for 16 to 34 adults and 16 to 34 men. Uncharted, I think, which is probably the surprise hit of 2022 to date, isn't that far behind delivering a terrific 2.6 million DCM emissions, which is a massive number. I think this is... I think, and I'm, I can't fact check this right now, but I'm pretty certain that's the biggest video game adaptation of all time. And when you convert those admissions to industry admissions, you're looking at double digit TVRs for 16 to 34 men and 16 to 34 adults too. In terms of more recent openings, The Lost City has proved that there is still appetite from the public for romantic comedies on the big screen, which I think is very exciting. I mean, obviously Sandra Bullock is the person who is going to be leading the way in that front because she's a legend of the genre, isn't she, Rachel? She is. I'm really excited for The Lost City. I'm going to see it next week. Are you? Well, that's exciting. And that looks on course for 1 million DCM admissions. And that's great news, especially with rom-coms making a comeback in the cinema uh, this year with Ticket to Paradise starring Julia Roberts and George Clooney scheduled for September. And there's a couple of other films on the schedule as well, like Bros, which is more of a, 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 a male rom-com. But um, yeah, I think there's some exciting films in that space coming up. Coming up over the next month or so, we have what's shaping up to be an extraordinarily busy time for cinema with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness out at the start of May which is set to be one of the top two or three biggest films of the year. Top Gun Maverick out just a few weeks later, which just looks genuinely spectacular, doesn't it, Rachel? Have you seen the featurette for that? It looks unbelievable, like the filming of the behind the scenes and the IMAX cameras in the cockpit. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I mean, it's a must-see in the cinema, that one. And then June has got Jurassic World Dominion, Pixar's Lightyear, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. There's something for everyone. Anyway, let's move on to my chat with Rachel. So... Rachel, you've been at DCM seven months now. How's it been? It's been amazing. Um, I actually joined the week that Bond came out, so I don't think there was a much better time to join cinema. I mean, the conversation around Bond was massive. It was a cultural event, um, and to be part of that conversation and part of cinema that, that week was just incredible. And since then, it's it's just been continuous, really. We have obviously had Spider-Man out in December, which did amazingly well. They both went on to be in the top five biggest films of all time in the UK, so what an incredible time to, to join cinema, be part of all of that conversation um, and yeah obviously Batman out a few weeks ago so some really really big titles and like you say a, a big year ahead as well so a great time for us to be part of that. Let's get a bit of background on you what were you doing prior to joining DCM? So my background was mostly in radio I actually from a very young age wanted to be a radio presenter believe it or not I don't know if you knew that. Um, I think we're getting that now. <laughs> And yeah, I always wanted to be a presenter. I mean, obviously didn't quite make the cut. So, <laughs> But no, I, um, from a young age, really wanted to be a presenter. Um, so sort of dabbled in a bit of presenting. I did student radio at university in Manchester. I actually studied Spanish at university. So I went on to do a placement year in Spain and worked at a radio station out there and had my own radio show. And it was amazing. In Spanish? No, it was an English radio okay. station. And oh. the whole purpose of that year abroad was to become fluent in Spanish. And I spent most of my time speaking English on the radio 
radio. <laughs> so yeah, that wasn't um, great for the actual degree. I had a lot of making up to do in that final year, but it was an amazing experience from a radio perspective. Um, I really saw the ins and outs of how a radio station is run. I worked across all different areas of the business, including sort of presenting, production, scheduling, sales. So it was just an amazing all-round experience. Um, and then when I returned, I um, was working part-time at Global while I was a student doing sort of promotional on the ground activities in and around my studies um, and that was an amazing experience as well and then actually got approached for a sales role in the agency team at Global um, just after I graduated. Um, I never really anticipated I'd be working in sales but I really very much enjoyed it and I sort of worked my way up in the partnerships team at Global for a number of years, um, did a number of different roles, working across everything really from events, social, digital audio, podcasting, radio, sponsorships, promotions, you name it. I mean it was um, an amazing experience. I was there for, for quite a long time and then obviously joined DCM um, in September last year. So it's been seven months. Um, yeah, and this is just a, a new journey and a new chapter and it's 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 really a great place to work and cinema is just an amazing thing to sell. So yeah, that's, that's my background really in a nutshell. That's very exciting. I feel like we could do a separate podcast on Rachel's days in radio in Spain, <laughs> but uh, we'll park that one for another time. What drew you to the world of cinema? I think cinema is such a unique medium. There's nothing out there that's like cinema to captivate an audience in the way that cinema does. I, I just don't think there's any other channel out there where people go out of their way to watch the advertising. Um, it's part of the overall cinema experience. You know, you go, you get your popcorn, you watch the adverts, you watch the trailers, you you know watch the film, obviously. And I think that whole experience of going to the cinema um, from an advertising perspective is very unique because you know people often skip adverts on other channels. Um, and I just think that the whole immersive environment the fact you're in a you know a dark room with this huge screen and you've got that audience's imagi imagination and um, their attention like no other channel can do I just think is phenomenal and I love going to the cinema myself I love film so it's just those were the key things that really drew me to to working in cinema I think it's very unique and as someone who came to cinema from a completely different medium of radio what is the biggest misconception people have of the medium I think often we come up against, um, you know, you know, the competition of streaming channels and streaming services and, you know, the sceptics will tell you that cinema is a dying medium, but I would completely disagree and say that it couldn't be further from the truth because the reality is there's no other experience like cinema and especially post-pandemic we've seen, you know, that, that real hunger for audiences to return to the big screen and watch their favorite content in that environment and it appeals to all ages you know from from young children to older audiences there's content for everybody in the cinema and i think the advancements in in cinema you know from a technology perspective you know your 4dx and your screen x and your, your dolby atmos and, and the various different technological advancements that have made cinema just an even more compelling experience and you know the rise of boutique cinemas as well and the fact it's not just about going to watch the film it's everything that comes with it it's you know it's a night out it's a day out and and actually I think people are very wrong in thinking that it's you know it's 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 a dying medium because it's absolutely the opposite and I think we've seen that haven't we post pandemic you know just the desire for people to return and also the desire for advertisers to return because they recognize the value of, of the medium and also the streaming conversation's been in the news a lot this week there's a lot of uncertainty around that regarding Netflix's share price and their potential taking ads and changing their mo business model. So I think, I mean, it's, there's a lot to play out over the next couple of years. 
Yeah, and I, I also think some films are just designed for the big screen. You know, there's been times and there's been examples where things have come out on streaming services at the same time as being out on the big screen and actually it hasn't impacted audience numbers because people recognise the value of actually seeing it in a cinema environment, that whole immersive experience, um, you know, the, the sound and the quality of the picture and everything like that. You don't get that at home. And also the pandemic, everyone's been at home streaming and watching TV and I know that you know, feels like quite a distant memory now, but... You you know, the fact that people didn't have a choice but to sit at home and watch TV actually, you know, to get out and have that whole experience of going to the cinema, I think is something that people have really missed. And you're right. I mean, something like Top Gun Maverick, which you've already spoken about, there's a featurette which you mentioned, which shows this, how they've gone into making this film and that it genuinely looks spectacular, the kind of film we don't get very often. And it's no surprise that that film has had, I think, seven release dates now. It's just sticking with cinema because I think everyone recognises that this film has to be seen on the big screen. And there's plenty more of those kind of films on the way as well. Yeah, I think the footage on that just looks absolutely jaw-dropping. And the fact that Tom Cruise does all his own stunts and the, the behind-the-scenes video was really interesting. The fact that, you know, they, they are actually up there in those fighter jets. And I just think it's going to be amazing. I think the footage on that is going to be incredible. And like you say, it's, you know, you can't watch that you know anywhere like the cinema it's just going to be an amazing experience to watch that on the big screen so you're based up in manchester you've been working with us for seven months what has been the biggest challenge i think the biggest challenge for the regions has been just obviously i've been on my own in the team for quite a while so been going through a lot of recruitment and building up the team and um, that's taken up quite a lot of time but i'm really pleased to say that we're in a position where we we are now a fully formed team there's three of us on the team um, so we've got that extra support i mean as i said the demand from advertisers to to sort of get cinema back on plan has been huge and it's been amazing but also quite overwhelming on uh, limited resource so um it's amazing now that we've got a team also i think there's been a little bit of um caution around around certain advertisers that sort of are targeting an older audience around whether older audiences are returning to the cinema. But I think we, we've we seen that they are. You know, audiences, um, slightly older audiences are coming back to the big screen for the right film. Uh, we saw it with Bond. I mean, when you compare Bond's audience demographic breakdown compared to Spectre, um, which was obviously out pre-pandemic, um, you can see that the audience is very very similar and actually that older audience are returning for the right film and we've seen it with Belfast as well and other titles so that's a challenge we have come up against a little bit just around sort of targeting that older audience uh, we know that cinema performs exceptionally well for 1634s you know that's our bread and butter that's our heartland in cinema and there's been no challenge sort of speaking to brands that are talking to those audiences because you know obviously with the inflation in TV and the wider market and the fact they're a really difficult audience to reach full stop I think cinema just plays a huge role in targeting that audience but I think, um, yeah, the, the challenge has been around sort of attracting those um, brands that are speaking to older audiences. But I think we're, we're sort of out of that now. But in the beginning, that was something that came up quite often. I think what's also been quite challenging is we've been in a really late market, which is quite unusual. Um, so it's, it's just been, you know, getting briefs in the month for the month. And actually, it's just sort of navigating that very late market that we've been in. But it's also a great thing because it just shows the demand is there. But I just think from an advertiser's perspective, and from an agency perspective, that planning cycle seems to be operating quite late at the moment. So I'd say that that has been a bit of a challenge just sort of sort of trying to forecast that and look further ahead and actually trying to build you know base revenue in in the future months but I think that's actually starting to ease a little bit now we've got lots of briefs coming in for three Q3 and also for Q4 but certainly when I first started it was very much um you know brands 
wanting to be on in the next couple of weeks and just trying to sort of navigate that. But I think on the whole, it's been an amazing experience. And I, I would say that the, the successes of the regional team up until now have um, sort of counteracted those those challenges. Well, we'll come on to the successes in a second. But it's interesting you talk about the late market because I think that might be one of the misconceptions as well is that we can't turn stuff around quickly and get it on screen. But that's been something that we've been doing a lot over the last six months or well, since we reopened in May. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, what, what's been interesting is a lot of brands, the pandemic has presented a lot of advertisers um, with an opportunity to really shake up their their media plans and what they do and to, to start thinking differently about, you know, who they want to talk to and how they want to talk to them. And, and we've seen advertisers brief us that have never even ever done cinema before or never even considered cinema. So that's a really exciting opportunity. And I think it is because of the pandemic that the brands have just had that time to sort of reflect on what's working what's not and and it's a time to think differently and, and sort of start from scratch so I'd say yeah it's it's been a big success is the fact that we've had lots of new advertisers come on board and um, we're, we're speaking to people you know clients that have never considered cinema before and when you speak to them what have their responses been like the response has been overwhelmingly positive. I think people really do see the value in cinema and what we're trying to do more of now, and it's amazing that we've got a regional team and, and we've got the resource to do it, is we're going to be doing more presentations in cinemas. We did one the other week, didn't we, Tom? And At the Trafford Centre. Yes. That was my first time there. Yeah. Oh, was it? Yes, it was, wasn't it? I couldn't believe that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, to actually present in a cinema environment, you know, what better place to... To, to sell cinema than in an actual cinema itself and for, for the for people to see the value of of cinema so yeah there's there's lots of scope to do more of that in the future and I'm really excited about that because yeah I think getting brands into a cinema environment just really it sells itself I was also very excited to be at the Trafford Centre but even though you'd been there before I don't think I was quite as excited as you were to be in the Trafford Centre I love the Trafford Centre I've been going there for years um but yeah I just couldn't believe my London colleagues had never even been no, <laughs> it's iconic <laughs> it's iconic it's like and it's like mini Las Vegas <laughs> anyway so let's talk about the success story so what would you consider your biggest successes since you've been in the role so we, like I said, we've seen lots of new advertisers come and brief us and want to be part of that cinema conversation. And I think that's been very much driven by, you know, the huge titles we've had out and the, the, the amount of sort of cultural conversation around those big releases. Brands that have never previously even considered cinema are now wanting cinema to be part of their media mix. And actually, in some cases, a lead channel in their media mix, which is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, new spenders that, that have come on board and, and not even just sort of dipping their toe in the water, but committing sort of sizable chunks, which is amazing. And then also, you know, to have pre-pandemic spenders straight back on the big screen as soon as we were re- as soon as we were able to reopen in May last year, we, we've seen the return of those regional spenders that all, that you know historically spent in cinema, which is great, and, and actually grown some of those spenders as well. Other successes, I would say, is just actually just getting out in the regions and reconnecting and networking, and just have just seeing people face to face has been lovely. Just go to agency presentations and meeting clients, and as I said, you know, getting into a cinema environment, doing these amazing client presentations. That's what this is all about, and obviously the pandemic you know, put a halt on all of that. And I think everyone's just excited to be able to reconnect in that way. And it's been really great for me to get back into Manchester. Uh, the commute, not so great, but, you know, just to get back into an office and to be out and about meeting people and really sort of promoting that cinema message has been fantastic. And then to have two additional um, people on the team now, Millie and Jess, 
which is just amazing. You know, they've they've both uh, really got their feet under the table now and we're in a position where we can start building out a bit of a, a social calendar for the next 12 months. You know, we want to, you know, reignite the film clubs. We want to get people back into the cinemas. We want to, we're doing a DCM social next month. So we're, we're really wanting to start reconnecting with our networks and just promoting the positive cinema message that um, everyone has missed so much. <laughs> can you give us an example of a brand that, that is new to the big screen since you've been part of the team? Yeah, I'd say across a multitude of different sectors, brands are returning to the big screen. And and even I think what's interesting as well is is when we go out and speak to agencies and we we talk about returning brands that are coming back to the big screen. You know, you see a lot of media owners on there. So you've got we've got Sky, we've got ITV, Channel Four. All these big media houses are actually they are actually advertising in cinema, so they see the value of cinema as part of their own media ch- media mix. So yeah, I think it's really exciting and we've got lots of briefs for Q3 and Q4, like I said, so lots of big name brands that are looking to return to the big screen coming out of the regions. So what's the piece of work that you're most proud of to date? We did a, a pitch for a client recently um, who is a big name fashion high street brand and they are, it's looking really promising that they're going to commit some spend in Q4 and they've, again, never considered cinema, but their key target audience is 1634s and actually, as we sort of said in the presentation, that's our heartland in cinema and it's, you know, it's a huge opportunity, with, especially with the films we've got out this year and loads of the Marvel releases um, that really sort of lean into that 1634 audience. There's an amazing opportunity for for brands such as the one we presented to to to, to get on the big screen and actually, you know, really be in front of a captive audience that aren't distracted by their mobile phones. I mean, that audience typically are always glued to screens, aren't they, of some sort. So it's, it's good to be in an environment where they're not on their mobile phones, there's no distractions, and they are just fully immersed in, in the content. Um, so that is a pitch I was really proud of because I, we've been told that there will be something coming off the back of that, which is great. We also saw the return of Jet2. They spent in January, which was amazing, you know, especially with everything the travel sector's been through with the pandemic and everything, to have a big name brand like Jet2, seeing the confidence in cinema um, and returning to the cinema um, so quickly after after we were able to reopen, I think was a really big success story for the regions. So we spoke about the biggest misconception in cinema. What's the most surprising thing you've learned about cinema and cinema advertising? So I always thought that adverts were created specifically for the cinema. And I know that obviously can be the case, but 90% of copy we carry on cinema is actually TV copy. So I think it's totally crazy that brands don't find those incremental audiences by just using their TV copy on cinema. And I think that's a big education piece. And a lot of the time when we're speaking to agencies and clients, they didn't really know that. And actually, another thing that's surprising is the fact that um, nearly two thirds of a cinema audience are like TV viewers. So you know, it's a great opportunity for brands just to to reach that audience that aren't watching TV and actually gain that incremental reach. Um, so I think that was something that surprised me. I think also the capabilities beyond the screen is something that I just really hadn't considered. Obviously, we've got the DCM Studios team and having come from a partnerships background, it's really exciting to look at the things that can be done outside of just on-screen advertising, you know, the in-foyer experiential experiences, the the specific um, exhibitor partnerships like your Curzon partnerships and your Picture House outdoor screening and there's so much stuff you can do beyond just the big screen and I think that's a a whole world that's really exciting and quite untapped in the regions so it's something that I definitely want to be driving um, more of going forwards and working collaboratively with the DCM Studios team to look at how we can sort of create some of those um, more deeper connections with audiences in and around the cinema environment. You're part of Bloom North 
Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So Bloom North is an organisation that is designed to... Uh, you've got a Bloom in London, but Bloom North is the is the northern arm of Bloom, which is basically designed to empower and inspire women in the media industry um, to, to sort of be the best versions of themselves and to... Um, and to succeed and climb the ladder and and do well in the media industry. So yeah, it's something I've been part of for the past couple of years and it's been really great to see the return of some of their panel events. Actually, we hosted one and we sponsored one as DCM in the home cinema in Manchester, um, which was brilliant. And it was all around being brave and taking risks. And that's something that I know is part of DCM's core values, but also it's something I'm quite passionate about as well. So uh, we had some really great speakers and it was a fantastic conversation. And it was one of the first industry events, actually, where we were allowed to, to sort of be in person um they'd been doing a series of these events throughout lockdown um virtually but to actually do our first in-person event in a cinema and to be able to sponsor that event was a huge privilege you talked a lot about q3 and q4 what are your plans for the regional office for the rest of this year and beyond into 2023 so now that we have a team in place, um, we, we've got a bit more strategic direction. We have assigned agency patches for, for um, Jess, Millie and myself. Um, so we are so there's going to be a bit of a clearer sort of line of communication for agencies. Um, also, we, as I mentioned, we've got a bit of an events calendar. So we've got our first DCM social in the middle of May, which is just going to be a really nice event where um, our key sort of contacts can can mingle have a drink come and chat to us face to face also we are looking to introduce a film club in q3 um so hopefully looking at one of the big releases in q3 and 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 get all of our key contacts into a cinema to watch the film and then there will be plans for q4 to potentially do another film club or another social of some sort um so yeah we we're working closely with marketing at the moment to build out a bit of an event strategy but the plan really for for myself jess and millie at the moment is just to just to get out and about in the regions to really Really spread that cinema message and focus on key clients and, and have a bit more strategic direction now that we've got a full team in place. So what are the benefits of events like film clubs and social events? The benefits of film clubs and social events is is a being able to get all all of the key stakeholders in in one room and one place to be able to you know have those conversations and I think like I said before people are so excited to be able to do that again given that we weren't able to for such a long period of time so yeah I think just to be able to reconnect with key contacts just to find out a little bit more about what advertisers are up to what the general sentiment is in market those kind of things but also just from a film club point of view getting people in cinemas and you know a lot of people have missed it it's that age-old thing of when something's taken away from you you want it even more and I I think we've really experienced that with cinema, you know, and people just want to get back and watch their favourite content on the big screen. So for us to be able to open up one of our cinemas and invite people in to come and watch um, one of the amazing releases that we've got out, I think is just a really nice opportunity to sell the medium and it sells itself in, in, in that environment. So you've talked about the amazing releases that we've got coming out. Let's go a bit deeper on that. What are you particularly looking forward to? So we talked about Top Gun and um, and some of the footage on that. And I'm a big fan of Tom Cruise. So I, I am really looking forward to Top Gun. And as you said, it's moved multiple times. Um, so I am very much looking forward to, to Top Gun. As I said before, I'm going to see The Lost City next week. Love Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum as well. And I believe there's a cameo from Brad Pitt in there. So I think it's a little bit more than a cameo. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. And Daniel Radcliffe as well. Quite a, a, an A-list cast. So yeah, The Lost City. I'm looking forward to that. I think we're due a good rom-com. It's been a while since we've had a, a good rom-com. So um, I've seen that advertised everywhere. So very much looking forward to that one. From a nostalgic point of view, I'm really looking forward to Lightyear. Growing up, I was a big, a big fan of Toy Story. So I'm looking forward to that. And... 
And same with Jurassic World. Uh, growing up, loved watching the Jurassic Parks. So um, Jurassic World Dominion out in the summer as well. So really looking forward to that. Both those films out, Jurassic World Dominion, 10th of June and Lightyear a week later, 17th of June. It should be two of the biggest films of the summer, if not the year. Yeah, I am really looking forward to to seeing both of those. I'm also really looking forward to Where the Crawdads Sing. I haven't read the book, but I've heard lots of hype around the book. Obviously, it's an adaptation of the Delia Owens book. Um, so really looking forward to that one. It's got Daisy Edgar-Jones um, in it, and I really loved her in the BBC's Normal People. I thought she was fantastic. So the trailer looks really good, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I like a mystery as well. And Reese Witherspoon's producing it. She's got involved with Gone Girl and Big Little Lies, and so that she's the go-to person, I think, for her production company's the go-to company for making high quality literary adaptations at the moment so yeah i think that looks good yeah i'm looking forward to that one so yeah big year ahead lots of great films that seems like a good place to wrap up this has been uh the rachel cochran radio andalusia show <laughs> and no. no the rachel and tom uh, <laughs> 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 the breakfast show with rachel and tom <laughs> but anyway thanks for joining me rachel thank you so much for and, having me and i'll be back next month Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, rate, review, do all of those things. Uh, Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.